Hi, Damien Christoph here. And Marcus Pierce here. After you listen to this Wellness Couch podcast, make sure you strap on your early bird wellness cape and head over to thewellnesssummer.com and book your early bird tickets. Tickets are going like hotcakes and why wouldn't they be? Because two days of powerhouse wellness featuring the Up For A Chat Girls, the new couch rock star, Kale Brock, the natural nutritionist, Steph Lowe, our beautiful special guest, Nat Kringudis, Quirky Joe Witten, Marcus Pierce, MP, our brother, the wellness guys, and more should not be missed. Get ready for some serious wellness, inspiration, education, extrapolation, information, fermentation, and so much more. Head to thewellnesssummit.com and book your tickets now. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the aficionado to the Italian stallion. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. <laughs> Hello, Damo. Hello, Marcus. How are you? I'm well. Now, do you know what I'm talking about here? Well, kind of, but um, I had never recognized a herb to go with stallion, if you know what no. I mean. No. No, no, no. So no. we're about Particularly to Particularly exactly. bergamot. We're going to find out what that herb is, but Damo, I better say before we do talk about who the Italian stallion is, that this episode is very proudly brought to you by the 2016 Greek Island Ikaria Longevity Retreat, 10 Days in Paradise with Damo and myself. If you'd like to find out more about this magical blue zone, go to www.100notout.com. Cannot wait. Me neither. Well, I know we've got to wait. We do have to wait. You you are a great aficionado of this Italian stallion, and this Italian stallion that I refer to is a very new member of the Wellness Couch. Back chat, one of the great new additions to the Wellness Couch is hosted by Dr. Anthony Coxon and Dr. Paul Bergamo, and the great Paul Bergamo joins us on 100 Not Out this morning to tell us all about a wonderful adventure he went on with his dad to Italy, and we're going to learn a lot about the principles of longevity and aging well from the great Paul Bergamo. Paul, welcome to 100 Not Out. Hey guys, look, I was very nervous for this introduction because I've followed your show quite a bit over time and uh, I know the intro is an important thing and uh, you didn't let me down. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm glad I didn't let you down, but well, it's very good. important. So you're, very still, important. you're still up there on the pedestal, MP. Good work. Well <laughs> nice. Done. Thank you. Well thank you, boys. Much appreciated. <laughs> Bergy. Burger. Yes. PB. Lots yes, of mate. nicknames. Lots of nicknames. Uh, um, longevity is obviously our topic, and uh, and you've got some wisdom around longevity because you, your dad's done pretty well, hasn't he? Yeah, look, dad's uh, currently ninety, so uh, you know we're, we're pretty blessed to have him still with us and still living in the family home with my mother, who's eighty six, and uh, we've got aunties in Italy and uncles in Italy in the mid mid and eighties uh, to nineties, and my mother and my, my grandmother on my mother's side lived through a nineties. So, so the force is strong. The force is strong. There is no excuses for us to look towards centurion living, I suppose, for myself and my siblings. Well done. That's good. That's good. So just tell us a little bit about um, you know, what you've learnt and, uh, and, and how, you know, why is this so important to you and why does it excite you so much? Look, thanks for the chance, guys. And I suppose it's just reflecting a bit on when I took Dad to Italy in September 2013. And look, like all these things, they come as an idea. And I looked at his life at that stage thinking – Whilst he's really still very functional, what can we give him 
when realistically we're getting towards the latter stages of your life, something that would be absolutely amazing. And I suppose I approached him with the concept of me taking him to Italy. And initially he said, no, no, no. And as those who know my father, he always says, old man, too old, et cetera, et cetera. And initially it was a no, but then we persisted. And I suppose it was a poignant moment when I said to him at one point, look, Dad, you took me when I was 13, which he did, one-to-one, and now it's my turn to take you. And, and I don't know, it, it must have hit a layer, an extra layer, and he sort of paused and said, okay. So from that, the, uh, the wheels of motion happened very quickly where we were in contact with my, one of my cousins, John Luca, in Italy, who, uh, who I'd approached a bit early to see whether, whether how that would be received over in Italy, and they just said, bring him over. You must bring him over. And then approached my siblings, my, my eldest Enzo, my brother Enzo, and my sister Nemus and brother Peter, because we said, we, know, we, we can't fly Dad cattle class. He's going to be there for two weeks. His recovery would be very poor. We have to fly him business. So they gratefully all put in to fly him Emirates. We flew him Emirates uh, with a business ticket. And how, does, so how does your make- brother Peter get an Australian name? Because you've got Enzo... Nimes. Yes. <laughs> why, why isn't he Pietro? Well, that's a fair point. And, you know, we got worse with Paul, didn't we? Yeah. So, uh, Paul. You know, we, we think they might have gone down the ice cream line. Of I think that's biblical. I think that's very biblical. Paul's and Peter's. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. That's right. So, no, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, good, good question, don't we? <laughs> um, so, yeah, this, that, that's how it all started, I suppose. And, um, and then going over there was just an amazing two weeks. I mean, I think of you guys with your Ekadia tour, and I think. That's exactly what we did for two weeks. We, we lived the Italian culture, lived with family, lived in, we ate the food, we drank the wine, we enjoyed the socialization around the dinner table with all the family from the eldest in the 90s to the youngest in, uh, you know, two or three years of age. We just experienced it all. And, it, and it, honestly, as an experience, you know, it, for me personally, the, you know, outside marriage and children, uh, it was probably the most amazing experience because it made me look at my life as well. It made me understand my father, how he functions and how he's got to where he's got to, even explained a bit about how I function, I suppose, uh, and I suppose came back to Australia with a bit of a different outlook on life as well. You, so this uh, is what I want to know. Sorry, Damo. Okay, you go. I forgot that you talk at me. You know, you go. You have to go, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, this is a big thing we talk about with uh, the people that are coming to Ikaria is that we want them to know that what they learn in Ikaria, they don't have to go, well, oh, that's great for Ikaria, but I can't do that back home. What did you learn in Italy that you brought back home and changed in your own lifestyle? Well, I think, firstly, the concept of just being really happy socially and enjoying your friends and your family as much as possible is one big factor. I mean, in, for a typical example, my family, we've got three sets of family that have vineyards. We're up in the north of Italy, up in Veneto, so a country town is Salgareda, a small town. Uh, and with the three sets of families that have wine, is the one family we stayed with, they would harvest their grapes in the morning. So they'd go out and work, grab the grapes, harvest them, then come back at lunch now, Nono, who's 91, Zio Jack, who unfortunately has passed on since, the two, since we got there, he'd be rolled in from the bed because he was bed-bound at the later stages of his life. Um, his wife, or my auntie Zio Tensio, she was on a, a walking frame. She'd br- be brought to the, to the dinner table as well. She's Everyone 91, would have she's a, 91 now. What's that? She'd be 91 now, is that right? Well, unfortunately, you know, amazingly, Damo, she's passed away as well. Both oh, passed right. away, unbelievably, six weeks after we got there. Oh, wow. Dad, Dad had... Oh, yeah, un- unbelievably. Dad was dad hasn't been here for fifteen years, and for us to get there to his 
sister, another sister in the 80s, early 80s, another brother in his mid-80s, another sister in 92. was just amazing, that, that opportunity. And then the sadness happening afterwards, but at least we kind of got him there, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, but the, the, the whole thing was just coming back to the wine situation. You know, they harvest the grapes, come back for lunch. Everyone would come back for a message on a hot lunch at lunchtime. And Nona would sit at the head of the table, as it was. Everyone would sit around and we'd all have fun, banter, laugh, joke. It was, you know, I'd walk away thinking, goodness gracious me, in, in, in our Australian culture, we maybe we run the sensitive meter too high. We're very politically correct. We're, you know, ooh, did we offend someone by saying what we said here? It's, it's just some really nice banter. Do you guys know what I mean in the, in the context of that? I, just want, I want to live there. I, just want, I interrupt Damo all the time, so I'm uh, happy just, that there's banter. He did it, then. He just did it you know. straight away. Straight <laughs> over the top. Just being rolled. Right so I suppose from a learning uh, point, guys, that's something I really learned in the sense of, uh, you know, and we know all the good chemicals that are released with, with that sort of social arm the connection, and also in regards to longevity, the fact that the elder statesmen in the family are revered. You know, in our culture, we sometimes feel we need to move them out of the house into the retirement home, to the nursing home as quick as we possibly can. In the Italian culture that I was experienced anyway, we, we don't have nursing homes. Um, they have generally uh, full-time nurses that come in from the Baltic states that are paid to come in and keep the, keep the, the parents in the family home for as long as possible. What are the and, Baltic uh, states? What, what are they? Uh, Moldova, sort of more eastern states. Um, Does that in, mean in you, like, uh, they come in and look after and it, are they paid normally or is that, how is that done? Is that pay, are they paid with food, grappa? What's, how does that work? Because yeah. to do that here in Australia, we'd have to be paying like, it, and, and people would be going, oh, yeah, but the cost of bringing a nurse in full time into your house would be yeah. unbelievable. Look, culturally it's a different thing. So we right. have to because of our geographical isolation here, you know, Italy, obviously it's all very close with Europe um, and, you know, it would be a package arrangement. I don't know the intimacies of it, but all I did know is that the, the lady was there and was there full-time living in, Amazing. obviously paid, and, and then she she was part of it. She joined us for lunch. Mm. She joined us. She was part of the family. It was treated like the family. So um, I suppose what it meant is that then the daughters of Manuela and um, uh, Roberta would still come in and see mum and dad all the time, there'd be still that very close integration. But, you know, they've got, they're running wineries, they've got kids themselves, and they're in their 60s, they've got kids in their 30s, 30s and 40s. It's all very busy. So it just gives you that sort of opportunity where I suppose here we have to perhaps push more towards independent, uh, more dependent living quicker when there's less, less of that haste, I suppose, in Italy. And thereby, I suppose, they're, they're kept mainly on natural foods. They're kept on... They're not, I suppose, yeah. medicated at higher levels. They're medicated when they need to be, I suppose, and they're kept in that socialised family structure as well. So, you know what I me- learned? You know what I learned the other day? Yes. The daily budget for a uh, somebody in an old people in a retirement village in a in a home okay. is under four dollars. The daily budget for food. So it's it's closer. If they can get it to two dollars fifty, they've done a good job. <laughs> My goodness. And uh, so when you talk about food, like that's, you know, it, that's incredible, isn't it? Like you go, wow. But there's a few things you touched on there, PB, yep. which I love because one of the, and two of the things that you touched on are the top three things that Marcus and I talk about in terms of longevity secrets. 
Okay. One, one of them is engagement. So the busyness and the integration and the ability to sit in and around people and converse and maintain part of a family unit, you know, belongingness and having, having that uh, sense of, um, of community within the family unit. It's really important. Like that's, that's so important. Whether it's family or whether it's friends, it's that purposefulness of engagement. And then, uh, and then the other thing was purposefulness, which I just put into that sentence. <laughs> but I mean, you did touch on nutrition. I'm really fascinated to find out about this nutrition thing because, um, you know, when I grew up in Dandenong, um, which is you know, better known as the Bronx these days in, uh, in Melbourne, we, um, many um, ethnic families, instead of either, oh, some of them paved their front yard with concrete and painted it green, but many of them actually had gardens in the front yard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we'd wonder, you know, where do they play cricket? You know, how do they, how do they, uh, <laughs> how, how does this work? They've got tomatoes growing in their front yard. What are they going to, how do they live their life? And, but this is what you obviously would have seen in, uh, in Italy. Well, seen in Italy and also when, when dad came to Australia, I mean, I mean, dad was a concreter, so there you go. <laughs> good, good plug for his old concrete. <laughs> did, he, did he paint, did he paint the front yard green? Well, look, there's, there's, there's actually different colours. There's, uh, <laughs> Depending on what spare paint was available, sometimes to be completely frank, he's actually in his current house. He's got uh, down the side there some different shades of colours, and I'm sure that's based on what was left in the in the paint tins. But that's and that and that's built on resourcefulness, guys. I mean, we joke about it and that's all cool, but it's also built on the fact that you know he went through a world war and things were tough, and uh, we you know the concept of wastage just didn't happen. And, and I suppose it was a frugal lifestyle, but also meant that everything was preserved and, and, and uh, used as much as possible. But certainly in the surface area of a land, a block of land, uh, I don't I think I've ever come across an Italian family that doesn't have some sort of uh, plant or plot because I suppose, and knowing from Italy, the, the concept of uh, paddock to plate has to be a short distance and I experienced that. I experienced that when we had lunch, we'd have food that was coming from the land straight onto the plate and you can just tell the nutritional benefits, the taste in your mouth, um, you know, the, the, the freshness, the optimization of the nutrients was always going to be a lot higher there in that circumstance versus, I suppose, when, when food's been put on a, on, a, on a truck and then transported a long distance. So, you know, that's... Yeah, so that's what you're saying is I think when you say what can you take home from that is that it's just so important, isn't it? It's vital that we really do, I suppose, just acknowledge that this uh, veggie patch in the backyard is not a fad that it's actually far greater than that. It's actually got benefits that we really can all benefit from and it doesn't cost much money to do. That's right. Look, we've got one in our clinic, so I've got a little veggie patch on the back of the clinic to teach our kids about what real food is. So we've got a little plot out the back here and we take the kids out and show them that this is a bean. This yeah. is a snow cone. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it comes from. I love Taste it. it. I love kids. <laughs> this is what it's like. So, uh, yeah, I suppose we've taken it to another layer as well. Well done. That's cool. Now, can I ask you about incidental exercise? Uh, is it true that Italians pretty much for their whole entire lives in the villages, or let's say, are getting around on two wheels? It's amazing. Yeah. So one thing, I took a lot of photos. I think took four or 500 photos in a the, in the couple of weeks. And one thing I did note were uh, gentlemen and ladies, often I would say over their 70s as a minimum, who had amazing cerebellums, basal ganglias and cortis of their brain that can coordinate movements where they'd have one hand on the handlebar and another hand carrying their food that are picked up from the local grocery, you know, and they'd be, you know, going from the grocery store to their house on their on their little push bikes. And did you, I mean, ever, that's tell amazing. Them, did you ever tell them that they had amazing cerebellums and basal ganglia? 
Did you, <laughs> did you go, your cerebellum and basal ganglia is amazing? So as my, as my cousin, my John, my cousin John Luke would say, my tanglish, which is my combination of A and English. Yeah. I know you've used that with Lawrence in a different framework. Yes, um, very poor. So no, I didn't actually. Don't remember. It wouldn't have worked. <laughs> no, well, that is it's amazing- remarkable, isn't it? That is remarkable because I've only just recently been talking to people about um, teaching people in you know the elderly people in homes here because the state is so bad how to crawl again so that if they fall, they could pick themselves up. But you're talking about another extreme. These guys could almost go on a tightrope and, uh, and nail it because you're, they're, they're actually riding a bike on two wheels, um, probably not really fat wheels, and possibly not even pumped up properly, and they're one hand on the handlebars and holding some shopping in the other one. Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely. Now, can I ask you just a, uh, one thing that uh, we, you touched on briefly and something that probably the three of us can definitely relate to, but we, we spoke uh, about this with Charles Eugster recently, and his big one is work ethic, working, working, working. You've spoken about this briefly, but just tell me what you learned about the Italian work ethic and uh, what impact that's had. Well, it's, it's one word. It's called lavore, 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 which is, means work. And in conversation with all different family members, that's often what I would hear in lunches and dinners, you know, lavore, lavore, lavore. And I suppose that's something I grew up with hearing my father do. And as a concreter, you know, he had a family business with my brothers. He'd wake up at 5 a.m., work long days, often seven days a week. And he's, you know, you, you guys were talking about sense of purpose. His sense of purpose was very simple. It wasn't very complicated. It wasn't, you know, like our generations of goal, aspiration, this and that. It was, it was very simple. It was family. It was some friendships. And it was working hard. And uh, I know that all my siblings have sort of adopted that attitude and we're, we're all and pretty strong workers. I know I've been labelled a workaholic and, and, I, and I suppose now I understand why it is because I've watched him. But then I also watched my, my Italian roots in Italy and saw how they all work really hard. They don't, there's, n- there's no slacking off. There's no uh, sense of uh, taking short options. They all work really hard. And look, that helps the brains. And you know, that obviously reduces neurodegeneration because the brain's active versus uh, a concept of looking to retire, stop work, um, you know, do less. I mean, you know, that's, there's no concept of retirement. You just keep going. That's, that's how it is. Simple. So then on that, do you think, because a lot of people listening might go, yeah, but you know, like my husband or my wife or my partner is a workaholic and like it affects, it, it, it affects or it's affecting our relationship. How does, how does the work ethic of your dad or uh, the Italians or even yourself, how do you find that you are able to integrate that work ethic to a successful family dynamic as well? That's, look, that's a great question. I mean, the work-life balance is something which is what we're alluding to. For me personally, it means I get up at 5 a.m. in the morning, so I do a lot of my work early when my kids and my wife are in bed. So I try and track that as much as I can and get a lot of work done, which is the clearest time for me in the day, and there's no interruptions, and uh, I get a lot of my, my stuff done. So uh, uh, in my What's time... What's your in Italy? What's that? In, in Italy? What's your in Italy in, in that respect? Is that something that you found occurred initially or was it you know in terms of what time people rose to start their work and then yeah just how much work they did and then how much time that they had left for family well certainly there were early rises from my experience in my family but that always come back together at certain times of the day i think that was the yeah. sort of you know so lunch times and dinners they would all come together as a family so you know they wouldn't be maybe running down to the gym and doing other stuff they come back family-wise. So certainly there may have been less other things they did, but the priorities were pretty strong, work and family, and they'd integrate both really highly and closely. And 
by the time you've integrated those two, there's probably not much left outside of them. So they'll probably yeah, rate those as the higher priorities and, and they dominated their lifestyle, correct? Yep. And just lastly, um, your dad now, um, from what I understand, he still exercises regularly, still goes for a walk um, every couple of days. Do you think he does that because he wants to or because he feels like he has to? Where do you feel like it sits? Because I always love the the habits of older people and how they've come about. Where do you think he stands there? Uh, it's his rules. <laughs> it's, it's as simple like as that. It. He just does it. It, it. It's sort of like he's just done it forever and so he still does it and we know keeping him as healthy as possible now we know that he's starting to struggle now with, his, with certainly his his sort of working short-term memory that um it's just ingrained in him marcus so it's like that's what he does he's he's always been active as as a concreter and you know so even now at 90 approaching 90 in september uh you know he will walk a couple of k's maybe not every day every few days um to keep just keep going. I think that's he, he, you know, it's amazing. We talk about all the science, you know, we know about, um, you know, the, the blue zones, et cetera, and all the science behind all that. But sometimes it boils down to simple stuff. And, you know, he doesn't have any science behind it. He just does it because he thinks it's right. He's done it for his whole lifestyle. And I suppose he's got the score on the board, uh, you know, approaching 90 that's been a successful part of his uh, well-being. So nice. Yeah. Uh, fantastic to listen to, isn't it, Damo? Mm. Paul, thank you so mm. much. This has been great. And like you just said, I think it's really great you know, uh, what you've just said about your dad in terms of he does it you know, for the simplicity. He doesn't think about all of the brain function and the science and everything else. But what I would say is that what I love about your podcast, Paul, is that you really do take the daily stuff that we've all got going on in our life and then apply it back to the brain, the spine, the nervous system, just whole physiology. So for those that are really interested in learning about well, what's actually happening in my body when I am going for a walk or when I am on a bike and holding my uh, shopping in one hand and the bike in the other, Backchat has been a great addition to the Wellness Couch for that reason. So, So thanks so much for your inspiration there and thanks for sharing us about your family and uh, everything that you've learned through your family with longevity thanks paul thank you pb uh, thanks guys a great pleasure appreciate it thank you damo as always thank you for your wisdom great man remember folks we would always love to hear your feedback you can provide it in any number of ways the best way is to go to our website thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out brand new website there by the way hope you like it folks also you can check out the entire range of wellness podcasts available including the number one show the wellness guy subscribe to the podcast on itunes and until next week as always continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.